0: Hello, my name is Tom Boone.
1: And I'm Joanna Bailey.
0: Welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Flying podcast, where we'll give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Here's what we've got for you this week.
1: Coming up today, we're seeing out 2021 in style with a countdown of the most popular articles that we've covered on Simple Flying this year.
0: Yes, there are some weird and wonderful topics that you, our audience, seriously enjoyed over the course of the year, and we're going to take a look at each of them.
1: So stay tuned as we begin our Top of the AvGeek Pops countdown of 2021.
0: So now you know what's in store, let's get on with the show. And Joe, tell us what came in in number 10.
1: Okay, so these are the most read articles on the Simple Flying website over the course of the year. Um, Mm. So we're starting at number 10. In at number 10 is an article about a sonic boom being heard across the southeast of the UK. Um, Now, this was a Bombardier private jet that lost contact with air traffic control over UK airspace. Um, it was owned by a company called FAI Aviation Renter jet <laughs> which doesn't sound very luxurious, but I'm sure the jet was. Um, hmm. It was on its way to the UK from Nuremberg when its radio went silent about an hour into the flight. Um, obviously, this could be seen as a threat, so it prompted the RAF to issue a quick reaction alert, QRA, and two RAF Typhoon jets that were stationed at RAF Coningsby in Lincolnshire were sent to intercept the plane. Um, they recorded speeds of up to 1150 miles an hour over Cambridge um, wow. and there was a sonic boom that was heard across Cambridgeshire, Hertfordshire, Essex and some parts of London and Kent.
0: I just wonder how going that fast you can like say yeah I'm just going to go through here and there's nothing in the way you know that seems a bit.
1: <laughs> it is quite insane I can't imagine yeah. going at that speed but they did. I just
0: <laughs> I remember hearing a story of um, the I think it was the SR um, twenty. SR2 oh, the, the Blackbird um,
1: oh, yes. plane yeah. yeah.
0: I remember reading a story about that about some pilots once wanted to land in London but by the time they realised they were over London they were over Paris
1: because <laughs> <laughs> it was going so fast incredible <laughs>
0: um so yeah, I wanted to bring up number nine, and just with slightly more views this month, uh, this year even, we had a story that our colleague Jay wrote about Delta Airlines and its retrofitted Airbus A330-300 300 seat map. Um, so basically, it came out of a new seat map for this lovely long wide body, and it featured 34 Delta One reverse herringbone seats, 21 premium select recliner style premium economy seats, Troy saying, that 10 times quickly um, <laughs> 24 delta comfort plus extra legroom economy seats and 203 main cabin standard economy seats so um we've got the seat map up on our website and it looks it looks just like a plain seat map really um, <laughs> but um apparently it's a very interesting seat map because lots of you were reading it and um yeah it just um seems like It looks interesting from the inside. I probably will never fly in a Delta A330, but if I do, (laughs) I will remember to look up and see if I was on this specific seat.
1: Yes, Um, very interesting to regular Delta flyers, clearly, but Mm. a bit of a mystery to us. But then again, uh, so is what's in at number eight, which was um, an article we covered on Mark Cuban's private jet collection. Um, So, you know, for a a website that's predominantly commercial aviation, we do occasionally delve into the world of private jets. And it seems you guys absolutely love it when we do. Um, Mm. So if you don't know who Mark Cuban is... Maybe we should read more into that. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly. Simple private jets coming in 2022, maybe. Simple (laughs) Jets. So uh, if you don't know who Mark Cuban is, he is an American billionaire, lucky him, and he's widely known to the public as the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. He also appears on the TV series Shark Tank, which I believe is Mm. a bit like the UK's Dragon's Den, uh, where entrepreneurs go and pitch their ideas for investment. Um, But as well as all that, he's quite the collector of private jets and has three in his hangar. And these aren't Mm. your average kind of small, um, you know, Gulf Streams, or whatever, he's actually got a business-configured Boeing 767 so a massive one. Um, mm. He's got a 757 that he's outfitted for the, his sports team, um, so the Dallas Mavericks get to be transported on this private 757, which apparently has a gym and a stretching area and all sorts of cool stuff on board. Um, mm. And for his personal use, he's got a Gulfstream G550. Um, and actually, it was interesting because the purchase of the Gulfstream G550 put him in in the Guinness Book of World Records because he bought it online. Um, so he spent $40 million on the jet and it's uh, been, it still is the largest single e commerce transaction in history. And he remains in the Guinness Book of World Records for that purchase.
0: Wow. I mean, I'd love to top that, but I don't think that's going to happen <laughs> during my lifetime.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> even if I win
0: the Euromillions. <laughs>
1: It's got to be quite something. It's not your usual uh, Amazon click and click and buy, is it, for yeah, a 40 no, million isn't. dollar jet, but uh, good for him. I guess it's a nice nice life if you can get it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um so in at spot number 7, we have what are White Tail Aircraft. And this is quite an interesting one because um I feel like 2021 was a year that there was lots of news on white tail aircraft because obviously the pandemic is still impacting stuff. Orders are getting cancelled. There's some Max orders cancelled, and now it's back. So, what is a white-tailed aircraft? Well, I mean, on the face of it, you're just going to say an airplane with a white tail. But <laughs> yes and no. You know, I mean, I guess that's true, but. Um More specifically, a white tail aircraft is something that say Airbus or Boeing has built uh but then they don't have a customer for so say um i don 't know say um Air Berlin is we 'll use the air Berlin example, so Air Berlin purchased um a couple of a three thirty neos that Airbus built, but then um Air Berlin went out of business, so obviously couldn 't take them anymore. So, but Airbus already had them, so it was like, what do we do with them? Um, They became white tails, painted white, and uh, those specific ones were going to get taken by Rwanda, I think, and then that got cancelled. So then they got taken by Air Belgium in the end. But um, it's they're called white tails because quite often, if they don't, if this, they get into this situation. You know, the manufacturers aren't going to put a livery on them if Mm. the livery, you know, like. If, say, Air Berlin isn't taking its A330s, there's no point in putting it on there because you'd have to take it off and yeah. you can't put Air Belgium's livery on it in the hope that they might buy the plane in like <laughs> two years time. So uh, they just end up painting them white, I guess, to protect the fuselage um, in the same yeah. way that a normally painted aircraft is.
1: Mm. oh well i'm glad you guys enjoyed reading and learning about that um i mm. did as well i think yeah you know, white tails have been a bit of a marker of 2021 and 2020 mm. as well really um but uh, in at number six in our avgeek top of the POPs countdown if you like (laughs) it's a 747 SP which I'm not surprised at all about because we we do love the 747 SP and this one in particular is about a televangelist's grounded Boeing 747 SP that's probably never going to fly again so this particular 747 rolled out with line number 441 back in 1980 um, Mm. and it went to um, major US carrier at the time TWA and it, it flew for them for about six years and then got transferred to American Airlines in 1986, um, flew with them for another eight years and then it went off to Dubai and it Mm. was converted into a VIP aircraft for the Dubai Air Wing um, and it worked for them for about 10 years until it transferred to its current owner who is um, a company called Ernest Angley Ministries. Now if you don't know Ernest Angley, I didn't until I read this, he's a prominent televangelist um, which I understand is someone that goes and gives sermons on TV. It's not really a that goes on in in the UK. Um, So it's a bit of a mystery to me, but it's quite popular in other parts of the world, apparently. Um, However, he passed away last May at the age of 99. Um, But anyway, before he did, he gave this plane the name Star 777, and it toured around the world with the ministries, um, including a tour of Africa, um, where he went and preached to people in real life, not on the telly. (laughs) They flew it for 13 years, but then withdrew it from use in March 2018, um, shortly after, reports suggested that actually it needed some rather expensive repairs and Angley and his ministry are unable to repair the the aircraft. So hmm. the 747SP remains stored at Penal Air Park and it probably won't fly again, which is a shame. Um, but it's had a very interesting life, I think you'll agree.
0: Yeah, it sound- it certainly sounds it. Yeah. Um... Another plane that probably won't fly again and sadly actually never did fly uh, at (laughs) all. Um, In number five, we have the story of how a brand new A340 was ended up as written off before it was even delivered. And, um, you know, this was was a story that as soon as I saw it, I thought this was going to be popular, but I didn't realise it was going to be number five popular. Um, (laughs) Basically, Etihad was due to take uh, one of its A340s in... um, 2017 and on November 15th, uh, 2007, sorry, on November 15th of that year, um, it was just undergoing an engine test. um, So, um, they were just checking that the engines worked um, in a sort of engine test area. Uh, Unfortunately, it seems that um, the aircraft hadn't been properly secured with chocks. um, (laughs) So... You know, it started okay when the engines were just kind of like uh, twisting, but, um, you know, eventually the aircraft, um, as the engines got ramped up, started to move and ended up uh, colliding with a, what I can only imagine is a sort, of, um, a sort of windbreak for if the aircraft's parked the other way to stop the engine um, exhausts going full on um into whoever would be stood there you know um, so there's some quite shocking pictures of the aircraft on our website it ended up um, with the cockpit sort of Hanging down the edge of this embankment um, I believe everybody survived But there was surely some injuries in it um, And yeah It's um, a sad day for that plane Because it ended up just getting scrapped Before it even been delivered
1: Oh dear <laughs> Such an interesting story I don't know how you find mm. these things Tom But uh, I
0: actually found that one just I was looking for pictures of A340s And then this picture came up And I was like wow what's the story there
1: <laughs> That's amazing mm. So um, in at number 4 is a plane that also has not flown and to be frank probably never will um because it's a next generation wide body low emissions aircraft which um, has been developed by an Alabama startup called SE Aeronautics the SE stands for super efficient and they call this airplane the SE200 the SE still standing for super efficient as you might have gathered um mm. so it's basically i mean it's a crazy thing to look at it's got three pairs of wings um and it's uh, it's supposed to have an 80% lower carbon footprint than traditional planes. Um, so, they say that it's going to have more efficient flight, lower cost of operation, increased passenger safety, and a useful lifespan that is double that of a traditional aircraft. I mean, it all sounds great on paper, um, but it's just a step too far, I think. It is it is a wide-body aircraft. It can carry, or they say it could carry, 264 passengers to a range of over 10,000 miles. So, you know, quite competitive. And it's also um it's made of a monocoque design, which basically means the fuselage is all moulded from one single piece of composite so you don't get these issues with panels being joined together improperly and and they say that will make it a safer aircraft um, you know and, and it's also got engines that are mounted on the top of the fuselage and actually mm. along the top of the fuselage is the fuel bladder so the wings are incredibly thin and yeah. lightweight um, I mean it looks really cool and it's really cool to always feature these concepts on Simple Flying and to have a look at them but you've got to ask yourself is the world ready for something that's that radically different and I think the answer is probably no always (laughs)
0: always (laughs) Um, well the number, I'm on number three now, aren't I? So, oh, we're in the final top three now. Um, top three,
1: and, yeah.
0: Yeah, wow, that went by quickly. Um, <laughs> for number three, I'm talking about a plane that is flying and was flying and wanted to land but couldn't. So, oh dear. Um, back in June, an American Airlines uh, 737 was flying from Dallas in Texas to El Salvador, and it was actually, um, it wanted to make an emergency landing but was reportedly denied an emergency landing in Costa Rica Um because of a uh, mix-up in communications, so it seems like um, the aircraft was declaring a fuel emergency, which is like pretty serious because if you run out of fuel, you can't fly. As we mm. discovered with the Gimli Glider, um, <laughs> but um, it seems as though the sort of the airport's tower control staff were kind of informed that the plane wanted to land, and they told it it was closed and that it couldn't land, um, but they weren't. Um, made aware that it wanted an emergency landing until afterwards um so oh. it's it's kind of it seems a bit of a, a a strange one um you know our colleague emily went through um the story in detail and um it seems there could have been um a sort of mismatch in communication from the sort of center or the sort of area controlled uh, people speaking to the airport but um you know it did um land safely in the end um Despite its little emergency, but then it ended up going to divert um, 405 uh, no the Costa Rica was 405 miles away from where it wanted to land mm. uh, and then when they couldn't take it, it then turned to Guatemala City um, so it was a sort of interesting one there because uh, Guatemala City would have been sort of an um, easier diversion point anyway, I believe but
1: um, oh <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, (laughs) crazy story yeah it's 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 one that really you need to sit down and read the whole thing um i can't (laughs) do it justice talking about it on the podcast (laughs)
1: It's a very unusual story. Not surprising it made it into the top 10. But Mm. coming in at number two, so our second most popular article of the entire year, um, almost a bit sad to say, is also about private jets. So uh, you guys seem to love private jets, despite what we do for a living. (laughs) So this one was about Bill Gates' private jet collection. Now everybody knows the billionaire, Microsoft founder Bill Gates. Um, And what's kind of funny about this is is that he's recently written a book called *How to Avoid Climate Disaster* and is kind of he's a bit of a campaigner in um, the climate change sphere. Um, mm. And he does confess to being an imperfect messenger because he lives in a very large house or several very large houses, should we say? He travels by private jet all the time. Um, mm. And a study conducted in 2017 by Lund University in Sweden showed that he's taken 59 flights by private jet that year, which emitted around one. 1,600 tonnes of CO2. And comparing that to the global average of fewer than five tonnes per person, we can see that he's having like a a one-man climate change effect. Mm. (laughs) But nevertheless, he he does um, like to campaign for climate change. um, But he also likes to collect aircraft. Um, He bought his first Bombardier Global Express in 1997. Um, He calls his private jet travels his guilty pleasure. Um, And right now, he owns four private jets. He's got not one, but two, two Gulfstream G650 ERs, um, mm. which come in at a cool $70 million each. The other two are Bombardier Challenger, Challenger 350s, um, and they come in at a rather more affordable $27 million apiece. So uh, we'll get one each for Christmas, shall we, Tom? <laughs> Hopefully,
0: yeah. Um, I'm sure we can expense it.
1: <laughs> absolutely so he's defended the use of this exclusive means of transportation by saying that he offsets his carbon emissions he buys staff um, and clean aviation fuel and he also funds carbon capture so he, he, he has a clean conscience in some ways but mm. uh, i don't think any of us would say no to his lifestyle if we were given the opportunity
0: who knows well <laughs> that leaves us with number one doesn't it
1: the top article of the entire year. I can't yeah. wait to hear what it was, Tom.
0: So, um, actually, like your um, SE-200 with free wings, it's an aircraft that doesn't yet exist. Um, <laughs> although I think this one has a slightly higher chance of uh, getting off the ground, so to speak. Um, <laughs> so, um, our top article of the year actually looked at the CR-929, which is the plane set to challenge Airbus and Boeing. And, you know, like as we all know, Airbus and Boeing pretty much have a duopoly on... Um, Mm. small and a narrow-body and wide-body narrow wide uh, aircraft. But uh, Crake, which is the uh, China-Russia Commercial Aircraft International Corporation, um, which is not what I came up with yesterday, um, creating really cool aircraft in China, I think would have been That better. would be a much better um,
1: acronym, I think. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but anyway, um, they're making this thing called the CR-929, and it looks a little seven seven eight seven esque Yeah but it's not. Um, it's uh, going to be sort of for the long haul market. So um, it's meant to have 290 seats. Um, you know, it, it's they've made uh, mock-ups of it, but to my knowledge, they haven't actually built one yet. Um, we're mm. just going to have to wait and see them do that soon, hopefully. But, um, you know, it's going to be comparable to um, Airbus and Boeing aircraft. And, um, it, I think it's an interesting one to watch, you know, because um, they're also, um, COMAC is also working on the C919, which is their mm. uh, narrow body challenger. And that's sort of starting to get some movement in China now. And I know like Ryaner, ages ago, had said they would be interested in it. And I think mm. just with these, you know, they kind of have to show that they can work in the domestic market. And then, you know, if they work people will perhaps go for them, but they don't want to bet on something that's not tested. You know, if you go for something from Airbus, you know it's um, backed by a company that can make airplanes. Whereas, you know, I'm not saying that Comet can't make airplanes, but they're not established in the sphere yet. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Well, it's the same problem Russia has with the MC-21. Yeah. You know, they're going to need They've to, just to get it out those domestic and- airlines first. And then, yeah. uh, you know, once it's proven itself, it might have some interest elsewhere. But uh, yeah. good luck to Craig. And uh, yeah. I hope they get everything sorted because that's it would be nice to have a, another option in the wide body space. But... We hope you enjoyed our countdown of the top 10 articles on Simple Flying over 2021. It's been a hell of a year. Um, And special congratulations to Jake, who wrote that CR929 article that was our top piece for the year. Um, He's a wonderful colleague and he's written some awesome stuff for the site. And thanks so much to everybody for tuning in, um, not just to the podcast, but also for following our website and keeping us motivated to do what we do every day. Um, We're all really looking forward to 2022 and being able to get out and about and meet a few of you um, a bit more frequently well i think that's about all we've got time for on today's podcast we hope you enjoyed it and welcome your feedback at podcast at simpleflying.com
0: for more great content you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media simply search for simple flying
1: if you enjoyed the podcast please leave us a rating on your favorite podcast player thanks for listening bye